Welcome to the MA Roadshow, episode number 316. My name is John Morgan. Cold Coffee is with me here at the beautiful Casa de Cold Coffee on just an absolutely gorgeous Thursday, let's say late afternoon, early evening, Mm -hmm. about 75 degrees outside as the sun starts to dip into the into the evening over there, and, and it just bathes the, the palatial grounds yes. of the Casa Cold Coffee I, I gorgeous pay, spring sunlight. I, I pay it to do that. Oh, yeah, you do. It's on the payroll. Yeah. Just it's like a, it's else. on the payroll, just like all the rest of the staff. The staff make sure that the sun is in the right position on <laughs> the like, right uh, day. Sir, 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 up there. Can you a, – a little to the right. And then it's like – you know, it's good staff you got there. You know, they got they got their ways. Well, listen, I'm telling you, I say it every year for six years now. We've been doing this podcast, and I, and I say it over six and over. Six years in one week. And one week, I say it every April or October. If you're planning a trip to Vegas, I'm telling you right now, April or October, those are our two best months of weather. And uh, man, we're enjoying it right now. Beautiful, 75 degrees. Now, I will say. Do we get to enjoy much of that weather uh, this particular <laughs> April especially? No, because it's a crazy, crazy, crazy week in uh, MMA, combat sports. We got so much going on. Uh, UFC on ESPN2, uh, ESPN2, ESPN22, Whitaker versus Gaslam. Yes, the Frosty Beverage is already kicking in on this beautiful Thursday <laughs> afternoon. Uh, you and I are covering that, of course. Nolan King is out there at Bellator 257. Nimkoff versus Davis 2. And Mike Bond is out in Atlanta for Triller Fight Club. Paul versus Askren. All that going on this week. So it's basically a three-event week for MMA Junkie. And, uh, man, the, the, the old-school, hardcore Matt Erickson, he's on vacation this week, so that's got us a little bit thin. And we got three events going on. It's been uh, it's been a nutty week. If I, if I could just peel back the curtains and then make junkie just a little bit. If you peel back the curtain, you'll see half of us wanting to cry <laughs> with our heads <laughs> bowed over in pure exhaust. Uh, even the, even this morning, uh, getting up at the crack of dawn. Normally, uh, I'll start the day. Say it's nine to five. Right. But today, uh, with the Eastern time stuff, so the Triller thing was supposed to start at eleven. A.M. Eastern, so 8 a.m. here, but they've been having a bad habit of these past two events starting early. So luckily, I've had to get on a little bit earlier to do it. But getting up for that just starts the whole day and just kind of throws it, has been thrown this whole thing off. So, like, I'm worn the F out. And I, I'm like, <laughs> we still got, like, the 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 crux of this UFC event still to come. So That's tomorrow right. we have the, 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 the weigh-ins, weigh-ins, which is an early day. Early and then day. it's a long day of, stu- guessing, of that particular stuff. Guessing we won't have Dana tomorrow. He hasn't really been doing the fight nights. He hasn't done anything lately. <laughs> I mean, this <laughs> so will be, true, this will be right? two events in a row that he's skipped. So true. Oh, no, I bet he'll be there. I'm just saying I bet he doesn't show up for us to do, like, a scrum or anything like that. I don't even know. Well, she... He, he didn't even... Oh, he didn't even come to the last He didn't one. even come to the It was point. early in the morning, right? It was like 10 a.m.? What else is he doing? I, I, you know, maybe it was a late night. You know, he's working hard. He's working hard. <laughs> he's got. I wouldn't be surprised if he skipped this one as well. I mean, he's if there get was, out, if promote there was, that Howler head somewhere, you know. Yeah, I mean, I guess if the, if I was him and knowing his schedule, if there was a good block to do like a couple weeks off, this would have been that time. Right. If I was him, this right. would have been that time. But who knows? It's um, a big main event, though. Maybe he'll maybe he'll sneak in for the main. But card. it's. I mean, it's it's just a contender fight. I mean, it's not True, like it's, it's not for a title fight or. And it's not even necessarily a guarantee. It's not even a guaranteed contender, one, contender fight. fight. That's it. Yeah. I mean, like when you, I don't know. 
and maybe he will come. I mean, I'm sure because I think I think he does feel bad if he doesn't make an appearance, and especially two weeks in a row in a row without him being on vacation. It's kind of a bad look. Yeah. You know, um, I guess tomorrow would be the sign if we see, you know, Sean Shelby or Mick Maynard <laughs> up there tomorrow. Then I would guarantee that he's probably not going to be there. Even he's getting like the uh, the Groundhog Day syndrome, right? Like we're really just showing up to the apex every single week. Yeah. And he's just, it's so funny, man. I, had, I think I even mentioned to you the other day, you know, the, the UFC Apex obviously is just an incredible facility. Uh, and I remember when it was built, you know, we were like, man, this is a game changer. I know a lot of people made fun of Dana when he said, like, this is the future of combat sports or we're changing the future of combat sports. And people were like, how could a facility change the future? And, and I, you and I that knew a lot of the back of this, we were like, oh, they just changed the game. Now, this was well before we knew a pandemic was going to hit. But obviously that saved their ass during the yeah. pandemic. But even when it was built, you know, we were just like, man, people don't understand how important this facility is going to be for the UFC, and it's gorgeous, and yeah. it's beautiful, and now that we walk through it, like, three times a week, every week, I'm just like, like, I used to, like, literally every time you walk by that beautiful row of all the tough jerseys, I'd stop and look at that season and check out yeah. that autograph and pick out a name. Now yeah. I'm just like, doo-doo-doo, just walking, <laughs> it's just going I to still see. glance over, but I don't stop. <laughs> I still glance over, but I don't stop because it's a long hallway. Um, but yeah, I mean, just like what we said and what it is now, I mean, they literally created a whole broadcast facility and let alone a perf- uh, performance space. That's right. It's a, yeah, I, I hate saying the word arena, but it, in a sense, it is a small arena. And yeah. if they said they can smash a couple thousand people, I would I would be really interested to see how they try to do that one. But it was interesting. Did you, when we, uh, last week, since the event was so early in the morning, we went straight from the weigh-ins and we went upstairs to do our COVID test. Right. Which I, we had never been up there before. I had never been up there before. Not in that particular area. Not in that area. particular area. But that area was still pretty unfinished. Yeah. And that gave me some just like, even we're still seeing the growing pains oh. there as well. But just beyond those walls is a fully fleshed out um, production facility yep. where they have uh, Spanish speaking, a, sp- a Spanish speaking area set up where they can yep. broadcast. They have uh, the different talent and do that stuff. There's the English speaking. They broadcast it all there. They send it out by satellite. They shoot it all out there. Um, it's amazing. It's fantastic. It's but it was kind of interesting going up there to do the COVID. I was like, oh, okay. Like as far as it's come, it's still got a little ways to go. Oh, yeah. But the 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 you know as much as people will say whatever about Dana and the UFC and some of these guys, their vision and their thoughts of creating some of this stuff, it is amazing what they've been able to do. It you know I mean they nobody could have planned for what the pandemic was going to do, but for them having the forethought to think of hey if we can bring this in house, we're going to save a lot of money. Right. This 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 we can get rid of this whole. Part of the time was, you know, they were like, all right, well, we can get rid of the old tough gym. You know, let's let's less the money that we're spending over here. Let's invest it in ourselves. Let's see what we can do, you know. So them getting the space made a lot of sense. And then for them to be able to take that whole where the tough was doing it and then be able to combine the contender series and all that stuff. Right. But now to also all be able to All the shows in-house that they now do. Now all the shows they are used to have, like, studio there. space in L.A. They had, and you had to, like, had to fly people crew. out to L.A. and rent the crew. Yep. Now now they're all just there. And and, and, and then the next and the next step to that is, is uh, the hotel portion as well, you know, on the side of it. And who knows what else they're going to put in and that. They said and they're they still ex- building it. They said they're still building And they want to expand uh, the training areas. Because the area where they're talking about building this hotel between where the UFC Apex is now and the UFC Head headquarters the, the 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 amount of space is as big as the property that the ufc headquarters right. is so it's imagine they put right just now. an empty field so imagine they build this huge hotel but they also can build a whole 
just strictly workout facility if they want because over at the the PI the PI is fantastic but the PI is small which is crazy right because right. when it was first built we were like this is amazing it's huge just whatever but, but now there's so many people utilizing it and of course right now with the space restrictions there's not but there are so many people like they're having to right. keep this now they have they have a second version of the PI inside the right. Apex Dude, it is Remember it's mind blowing what the, they're doing the Chinese rowing team was yes. here they pretty much were utilizing the whole space yep. so you know if other athletes came and wanted to use the top you know they'd have to kind of smash into a certain area or whatever with this area that they're building out, when they build this whole thing, they could literally build a huge facility that's just workout stuff. I mean, which would take it to a whole nother level. Because then, at that point, they could start shopping it out to uh, the uh, NFL team here. Yep. They could shop it out to the Golden Knights. And they're they already could, having those conversations. I mean, it's oh, it is so it's so amazing. That it's it's fantastic. But you're right. As we go through this building out, and it is like oh ho hum ho hum. Here we are again. There is still amazing stuff that's happening, and it's still a work in progress. Yep. But it's crazy to think how far that it's came in this short time since that's happened. Um, because you're right, it does feel like Groundhog Day. But it's I mean, we're literally just going to this building, like but, every, you know, but it's, it's crazy. Still a very important you still have to kind of pinch man. yourself about it yeah. because when you when you still get catch the glimpses of of the the new stuff coming and all this other stuff, it is very very exciting. Yeah. You know, but it's crazy to think that it's now so ho hum. I remember we used to have to pull up to the gate. Hey, it's Kenny with Chunky, blah, 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 blah. You say this. Now it's pull up. They recognize your car. Eh, yeah, come on, on in. in. It's they're so just, true, right? It just bust your, bust your chops. It's so funny. But oh, man. It's, uh, it's, it's, it is crazy. It is nuts. <laughs> all right, a couple shout-outs in order. In order. First of all, uh, for these beautiful frosty beverages. Uh, presenting sponsors this week. Our boy Dustin Love. Hadn't heard from Dustin in a while. He's been on the grind. Uh, he's always been a big supporter of ours. So it's a shout out to Dustin Love. Thanks, Dustin. And, uh, and good, I'll just say good luck on all the things that you're working on as well. He's got a lot of projects, right? We haven't heard from him much lately because he's on that grind as well. And then a shout out to G. Frosty Beverages from G. <laughs> he just said, just hey, just call me G. And you know what? He's a G. He's a G. So Frosty Beverages from G. Now, the presenting sponsor G did have a couple of uh, a couple of demands with his frosty beverages, well, as, which, as any OG which would do. I would say, I mean, if you're going to come correct, if you're going to go to the Venmo account, John Dash Morgan Dash four hundred, and say, "Hey, I'm supplying the frosty beverage money for this week," if you got some demands, I, I think we pretty much have to answer him. And he said, "Look, uh, I I I need to I want cold coffee to go out." <laughs> And, and collect some special audio from some of the guests this week. And obviously, I told Cole Coffee about that plenty of time oh, in yes, advance. I, I'm sure that memo came through So that somewhere. you could go collect that. So we'll get to – I know that you've already filed to me what those audios are going to be, and I'll just kind of get to them. I'll, I'll set them up for you. Don't even worry about setting them up, Cole Coffee. I will set you up for them. Uh, because obviously we've been working on this project together. I hope that I hope along. the staff took care of that. I hope the staff checked the fax <laughs> machine. <laughs> uh, so we'll get to those. All right, uh, got a lot to talk about in terms of fights and uh, a couple fun interviews. I think coming. Well, up if we're as doing well. the Patreon, should we give? Are we, are we going to save the shout out? I was going, but I was well, going to save, save it. it. Okay, I'll we'll save it. I'll we'll save it a little it. bit. Okay. I mean, we'll start with the presenting sponsors, and then we'll we'll move <laughs> on to. You know, <laughs> Patreon.com as well. I mean, we got all kinds of opportunities for you to help support us <laughs> and our habits. So uh, we'll tell you all about it. Uh, but before we get into everything crazy, I, I did want to ask you, um, most frustrating slash disappointing slash maddening outside of the cage rivalry for you this week, would it go to Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier or Rose Namajunas mm. and Zhang Wiley? Nah. <sighs> 
No, I did. Uh, I would. I'll. I'll just say. I'll say Connor and, and Dustin. I went and even though I was kind of very shocked about Rose, I did listen to a little bit of her audio with an uh, area where she sort of doubled down again. But I thought she uh, explained it a little bit better to where I, I can understand from her standpoint. I still don't really condone it, but I understand why she said it. Yeah. So I'm not as upset at her. Not that I was really upset. I was just I was more disappointed. Yeah. Because it just felt to me like it was out of left field. I was like, whoa, where is this coming from? But um, I, I feel like I need to at least educate myself a little bit more, watch this documentary that she was referring to. The other dream team. Um, to kind of see what her family went through to see where why there is the uh, – and it's not like she's hating uh, on Zheng Weili. She's hating communism. Communism. So, um, so I, 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 not that I need to give her a pass or that she even gives a fuck if I give her a pass or whatever. But uh, out of those, we'll two, get the information over to her. Yeah. So she, she'll, she'll feel I'll much relieved. I'll give it to my staff who were supposed to give me the fax machine yep. about that that audio. Um, it was more just the the Connor Dustin thing that that whole little dust up. I was just like, ugh. You know, because the, the, the few random people that I know that, you know, seem to only pay attention to Connor were even hitting me up again. And they're like, so what's going on with this? I was like, oh, man, if you're hitting me up, I'm like, what is going on? Um, so out of the, out of that, I would I would pick that one because uh, it, it's just frustrating. I'm like, just come on. I, they both were frustrating to me. So yeah. what, do, what do you think? Do you, so now with everything that happened, obviously Dustin came back and said, hey. I'm glad Dustin said something. I mean, he, oh, he did own Dustin's up. I mean, it was, he, he was in a shitty – he was in a shitty point, you know. I can see where his fresh, his where his frustration was, but you know, just like if you're having contract issues, if you're having stuff with your boss, the last place you want to deal with stuff of that nature, especially when it comes to money, keep um, it behind the scenes. Just keep it behind That's the what scenes. We, we always say that, right? We always say that. Keep it behind the scenes. It, it's tough because you know it makes you wonder how many times he did keep it behind the scenes and wasn't getting anything. Well, I that think if he, he had felt, to have been frustrated to go. Public. If, he, if he got if he got it to that point, knowing Dustin. He had to have he he had to have reached his breaking point and be very frustrated, and then once he did, he he did realize that. Uh, I, I was, gl- I was I glad he came back bit. and had the nice you know yeah didn't say the words I'm sorry or I apologize right but did basically say my bad, um, and it was you know I, I think he I, I think he was wrong in the situation though I understand his frustration. Do you think uh, do you think Connor still comes through on the money or do you feel like? Hey man, you attacked me in the public. I don't know that I need to come through with this money anymore. Well, if he doesn't, then it just makes it seem like he wasn't planned on doing it anyway. I, I think uh, if a, a man comes out and maybe did something, but then he he took it back and apologized, but you were still kind of in the wrong in the first place. Mm. I mean, according to Dustin, his people had reached out and given all the info that Connor's people wanted, but Connor's people weren't getting back to him. So you don't think Connor gets a free pass now to say, "Bro, you attacked me in public. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing this deal anymore." Well, I mean, yeah, like you said, it's, it's a, it's a donation, not a debt. But that's your fucking word. You want to go back on your word and and, and do whatever, then just don't say that you're. I mean, it's, it's tough. <laughs> I just, I just want you know, and I was saying this to somebody else the other day. For Connor, I just want Connor to be a good dad, be a good fiance husband i just wanted to have him a good life man i'm just tired of all this other this caddy shit because uh it's just not a good look i mean like i don't need to see him fight anymore i don't need to see any of this sort of stuff you know i just want him to have a good life enjoy what he's carved out for himself be that fucking killer dad because doing this stuff just makes you look like a real asshole well that's so, so that's that's this why i kind of wanted to get into it because it was frustrating like I do think Dustin was a, was in the wrong a little bit for going public. We always say, if you're yeah, going to have these negotiations, have them have him behind the scenes. But knowing Dustin, I, I've got to imagine he he reaches 
tipping point. Yeah. You know what I mean? They probably had plans for this money that he's, you know, telling people that put them on hold, put them on hold, put them on yeah. hold. And as you said, they're, they're, they're sending information. They're not getting anything back. And so he went public with it. I think he made a mistake there. Now, Connor didn't exactly take the high road in return either, yeah. right? You know, then he starts coming at him and, and – you know, had he simply had he simply said, you know, Dustin, I'm surprised you're acting this way. Like, you know, where there's there's things that need to be handled for a financial transaction of this sum to happen. You know what I yep. mean? Then you go, oh yeah, Dustin, you probably went wrong yeah. here. But th- but Connor dipped low, like you said. And I wish yeah. he would have. He could have kept the high ground a little bit. He, he could have kept he starts the high coming ground. back and calling him an inbred and all yeah. this. And and it's like, what are we what are we doing here? And now, see, that's the whole thing is now. Now it feels weird to me. Like I see what you're saying. Like Connor made the promise, so he needs to deliver on that money, right? But it also feels weird too. Like this was supposed to be a good gesture thing, and yeah. now it's like a now it does feel like a debt. You know what I mean? Like, hey, bro, you said you were going to give it to me. You have to. And they've had these harsh words back and forth. And I don't want to say I give Connor a free pass to not give it now, but now it almost it feels less sincere to me. I guess before it felt sincere. Yeah. Like, hey, man, I love this project that you're working on. I want to do the same thing. Let's help together. Now I feel like it's almost like. Connor feels obligated. Like the only reason he's he would give the money at this point is because it would look like a bad PR, you know, move well, I mean, for him. If you if you promise and, and make a big deal and say you promise five hundred thousand dollars to do this thing and you make a big to do and you got a lot of good karma from that, you got a lot of praise from that, and then all of a sudden, because some because something happened and you weren't able to promise on your your you couldn't couldn't deliver on your promise as of yet the guy and then the person you promise makes an ass of themselves says something they shouldn't but then that person makes an about face apologizes but you still want to just run them in the ground and then now feel like your word you don't have to live up to your word because somebody upset you you know because you didn't deliver it i mean your word's still your word i mean like it's not like he's any more obligated now to do it because it was brought to light that he didn't meet his obligation before. He still has the first obligation of we shook hands. We made, I made you a promise and I said I was going to do something. And now I just don't ever feel like now I'm going to use this as an out to not deliver on my word. I mean, I, I get what you're saying morally, but at the same time, it's like, hey, I'm making this feel good move to you and you come back at me and, and basically give me the middle finger and F you. Like, now it doesn't feel so good anymore. You know what I mean? Well, now I don't feel so warm and fuzzy on the inside about helping you and your cause. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, how long ago was that fight? January. So we're January, February, March, April. Three and a half months. You know, I mean, this is the guy that supposedly is worth whatever. It you know. should have been facilitated by now. The the, the, the transaction, should, in, in my opinion, could have yeah, easily happened. The transaction should have been made I by mean, now. If, if it was a gym or whatever sort of deal that they were looking to try to help build, you know, to give access to the kids or whatever, yada, 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 that stuff takes time to get in motion. So if plans were getting pushed to start getting all the ducks in a row, but at some point, then you got to start paying contractors. you got to right. start doing stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I can understand the frustration of, you know, trying to get a ball rolling on a project and then not having the funds available to do it. I get it why it would be frustrating. You know, that certainly doesn't give him the right to then publicly make that an issue. Um, I mean, I know as a person that uh, did a lot of self-contracting, it was always like 90 days or more. You right. could just kind of expect to get paid, and yeah, it was yeah. very, very frustrating. Sometimes it would go a little bit longer. But those are real debts that were actually owed to you. Um, and that's even more frustrating. But like even then, I would never go public with something like that because then who knows if the person... If, why would they pay you? They that's going, what I'm saying. Why do they point, pay you at that point? You? But I mean, this is also the guy that goes around and wears you know maybe a half a million dollars in jewelry 
on his on his hands and yeah. wrists and his feet, you know. And then if it promises and hey, you know, I'm this this this, you know, but then I don't come through and I'm I'm dragging my feet on something. If and this is all being and said that if if Dustin did provide all the information that was being requested in a timely manner. If he was dragging his feet, I could see where things get a little bit longer and things get a little bit longer. But still, I mean, yeah, I mean, if, if he's upset that, that Dustin did that, that he wants to go back on his word that he's going to pay, then I guess that's his prerogative. But, you know, I mean, a man's his man. A man's your, 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 you are a man as right? your word. You're and if, and if you word. say that you're going to do it, but understand that, I mean, it wasn't like you promised and then, you know, out of the blue, the guy just says, hey, you haven't paid me this without reaching out and doing something. Then it'd be like, okay, well, you're kind of a shithead. Why are you going to reach out, you know, right. without reaching out or something? But I don't know. I, was, I guess I was just disappointed because I was at such a happy point watching that fight week and watching the interaction between the two. Such good nature was happening. And then to see all of a sudden now we're going it's back. It's going to be awkward now, right? We're getting back to it's this point be where now. it was Fight like. going to be weird. I mean, it was borderline. I was waiting for Connor to drop some fucking racial stereotype of, of Dustin. He was literally on the doorstep of doing it. You know, and then at that point, it's like, then don't even take the dude's money at that point. You know, and just be done with it, you know. Uh, so that's a point I hadn't thought about either. Like, do I, now do I, I mean, we're trying to do something for a better cause. But do I even want your money anymore if that's the way you're. Well, I mean, he didn't go that far, but he went pretty far. I mean, reading this thing, I was just like, it, it almost felt like, you know, anytime you start just making stereotypes and just mm-hmm. saying, oh, you, the hillbilly, you hillbilly stuff, inbred yeah. stuff, I was like, okay, so now you're trying to say, what is it? Is it a Louisiana thing? Is yeah. it is it a Southern American thing? You know that you're starting to now now you're equating. Then you are getting into racial fucking exactly. stuff at that point. Um, so, I mean, it is what it is, but I was just disappointed for the whole particular thing because I thought both, both sides held it, uh, held their ends poorly. But uh, it, it just sucked that it came out into the public. I mean, that could have been an argument that could have could have and probably should have just stayed behind closed doors and they could have said all the bad words back and forth to each other and, and then they would have hashed it out. But um, to to get it to the point when, and then it was like, you know, enjoy that 500, you're never going to fight this, blah, blah. It just got very small and sort of um, just – I don't even have the, the right words. It wasn't words. fun. It was just – yeah, it was it not great. Fun. And it was like, man, it kind of built up so much good uh, karma and favor yeah. from that last event. He, I thought the way he carried himself, everything was great. And you it know? burned it in the day. Yeah, and the last thing you – know, now it's like, okay, this is the same guy that hit some old dude in a bar. That guy came back. That guy got hold of the other guy's Twitter account and took it over yep. <laughs> and did it or whatever. I'm like, this is the shit that – your son, who's going to be very well, these are the stuff that they're going to look at and see. How did my dad live his life? This is the sort of stuff, you know. It's like, what do you want to be the image of in your kid's eyes? You know, like, granted, that kid's going to have a really, really well-off life, yep. you know. But this is the sort of stuff when people, you know, you always hear the stories of the principles. The, yeah, yeah, when people are like, oh man, the thing I remember about your dad or your mom, they 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 were pillars of the community. They did this, 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 you know. And and it goes back to how you how you live your life. I mean. The good things that you do, Connor has the availability to do a lot of really good in this world with all the good that he's done for himself. He's done the grind, and now he's living a really good life, and he can enrich a lot of people's lives. And I thought this was going to be one of those moments where he was going to give of himself to others with nothing to gain from it, with nothing just to be a good person and benefit others. And here we are now at the point of like, okay, well, I guess not. 
I guess that might not happen. <sighs> it was frustrating. It was frustrating. Well, listen, the good thing is that we were able to move quickly past something that's, you know, a, a little bit bizarre like that because Triller Fight Club was this week and you've been <laughs> you've been living the Triller Fight Club life, man. That's been that's been your beat this if week. There, man. If there's a dude I want to see Connor knock the F out, it would be Jake Paul. <laughs> just walk up, knock him out, just so that all this posse off to the sides it's like what are you gonna say to him? What are you gonna say to him? Huh? What are you gonna say? <laughs> I'm. Uh, I will be. Look, the the mayhem is all coming to fruition this week. It's all coming <sighs> together. Lord. As you said, you've been working with the Triller Fight Club people to to uh, stream some of their video properties on our, on our YouTube channel, which has been cool that they've been willing to partner with us to help us do that. Uh, we do have Mike Bond out there as well, who's been doing some interviews and you know, you've been helping process that. Uh, but what's your take on this thing, man? I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, you know, I sat here and said I. And I, and I still don't. And I, I still stand behind the fact that I don't know what Jake Paul gains by beating Ben Askren. I mean, I, I do. I understand. Like it, it, it introduces him to the MMA world. It gets people's attention, and there's a nice paycheck involved as well. But it does seem weird to beat quite admittedly the worst striker in mixed martial arts in a boxing match, in a striking match. So that part's still weird to me. Yeah. Um, but I will say, uh, you and I will be working the UFC event on Saturday night, but. Uh, I'll probably have a Triller Fight Club link pulled up watching this bad boy. Yeah. Well, now everybody might have the Triller Fight Club link if if anybody watched the live stream where <laughs> the gentleman that was there. Oh, so it was the a poor PR guy. Yeah, there was a PR guy that didn't realize that all the media people were probably connected in into a Zoom call, um, and then that was being pushed into the live stream, even though you didn't see the Zoom call. So. This gentleman was talking to everybody like they were in a select group of people. Um, so, you know, along the lines of, okay, if you guys are having any issues about this and you have some questions about the thing, my cell phone number is blah, 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 blah. And uh, This if, is being streamed on YouTube. This is being streamed on YouTube by multiple sites. It wasn't yeah, just, not just us, us. Not just us. Fighting had it and some other ones. And then the guy's like, if you guys haven't put in uh, your request for the Triller code so that you can watch the event, uh, my email address <laughs> is jerry at dumbass.com as everybody. Oh, and then people Jerry's were grabbing it. No, 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 I'm putting my blast like know, that. But Perry, but... people were grabbing it and were posting his, his thing over and over inside the. Yeah, he's uh, probably going to have to change that. Oh, he's, he sh he's going to have to change his number and he's going to have to probably change that email. But. He's gonna have to clarify, but yeah, I felt so bad for him. I was like, "Dude, do you not? Did somebody not tell you that this is like and it streaming was multiple out? times? It wasn't once. Over and it was over. Like, over it's like people didn't correct him after the first one. Like they weren't paying attention because like nobody was listening. Um, it was bizarre. It was it was bizarre. But yeah, I mean, this whole this whole crazy uh, event is absolutely uh, nuts. And if anybody, uh, I would be interested to see what other people thought. Because we, so we had the open workouts, and I, and I think this is what everybody had also said too. Like, everybody, as much as people will jump on and say, oh, Ben, does, he's, not the, he's not the greatest striker, he's not the whatever. The man has done his work. The man has hit mitts. The man has done stuff. And you could watch it when they went and did the mitts. Like, there were some people that chimed in afterwards when the boxer, uh, Ivan Redcatch, went after. They're like, now that's a boxer. You know, I mean, like the boxer clearly, like his, right. his striking, just crisp, his uppercuts, and the way he was moving, the way he was uh, working with the, his mitt man was just seamless. It was good. But the thing is, right before him, 
Ben looked really good too. Like Ben's hands looked really good. The guy was calling out stuff. Ben was working through it. And I, and and his hands looked good. I remember even thinking, I even said to our chat, I was like, guys, like Ben looks good. Yeah. Like Ben looks like he finally had a, a choice that where he was like, uh, I'm taking this serious. Yeah. Like when we had a lot of the open workouts for us, Ben would hit mitt sometimes, but then a lot of times he would choose to grapple. Yeah. Just do a lot of wrestling stuff. Just sort of stretch it out. Just kind of get it. But the fact here where they're like, well, none of that's going to work. And if these are boxing fans watching, they wouldn't even understand what you're doing. So right. let's just hit mitts. And he did a good, decently long section, but he looked good. So part of, I think, a lot of people after that were like, okay, well, let's see how how's Jake going to look. How's Jake going to do it? And how did Jake look? Jake looked really weird out there. <laughs> Jake decided to do uh, like what the, the people have a lot of money to have these yoga people or whatever come out and stretch you out and do these things. So yeah, At first, I thought they were going to do like some Cirque du Soleil type stuff, which I know would still – not that that would be any less weird, Yeah, but it would be a little bit more like – I don't know, like, hey man, like we're we're doing performances here, you know? What yeah. I mean, like we can do because it's it's him and another guy, and they're doing you know palm to palm and feet on hips and stuff. And I thought they were gonna do some of that stuff. You see, like the the Russian strongman type stuff, you know yeah. what I mean? Which is which is cool to be honest with you. And it would still be weird in an open workout, but I yeah. thought it would be like a little bit more okay. Like we put together this whole routine or something. I just, it would get people talking, right? It still did get people talking, but just having this dude like stretch him out while holding him in the air was with his legs was it was a little weird. Yeah. It was and, a little and, weird. And I mean like the comments were just fire. Oh the comments on, were on yeah. YouTube. I mean it just felt like you were watching a guy that was getting stretched out. The the kind of stuff that, you know, somebody in Beverly Hills with the money would pay somebody to do. And like I'm sure it's a great stretch and it's it's whatever. But people were wanting to see his hands. Right. They wanted to see how his hands looked. They wanted to see his feet. They didn't want to see him get stretched out and, and just getting his shoulders rubbed. And it was very lovingly. It was a lot of nice caressing there. You know, like I think a lot of people, you know, and they had the soft music. It just made people feel very uncomfortable. But I can see where it's like, I don't know if that if that's part of your your regime. I wouldn't think that somebody would call that like a workout routine. That'd be more like, hey, you know, later on we're going to get worked out, but we're going to stretch you out really good, and it's going to be the best stretch you're ever going to have. Like, you're going to feel like a million bucks. But, again, you know, like, why would you showcase that as your open workout thing? It was just really weird. Yeah. It was awkward. It just felt like, you know. It was weird. It, again, I felt like I was watching some rich Beverly Hills woman that was getting stretched out by her the, by the, the tennis guy that eventually takes her back inside or something. <laughs> stretches her out again. It stretches her out <laughs> 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 you, you sound bad. Sorry about that. But it was uh it was just it was just awkward. But I mean partially because I personally just wanted to see his hands. I'd seen him in that uh I'd seen the clips from his boxing match against uh was it Nate Robinson? Yeah. Nate Robinson and so, I know the dude's got some power. I just wanted to see afterwards. The only other clips I've seen was when they were doing, like, a couple weird stuff with, like, uh, Ben Askren where he was, like, running and then doing some punches or something. Right. I, I can't remember what – it was It was a weird sort of scene. And it was just – it was a very – it was interesting. But I was like, okay, I, w I really want to see how his hands look. And coming from where I was like, wow, Ben looks good, I was like, let's see the counterpoint. And I never got to see it. It was just this awkward sort of thing. 
And then afterwards, he's like, yeah, what, you think I was going to show you? You thought I was going to work the hands? No, man, I got to save you those something. You know, we got to blah, blah, blah. And I was like, and he, he, he was like, he was like talking down on the open work. Like, this is all kind of silly anyways. I mean, like, who wants to watch that? Or why would I show something like that? And it's like, but bro, what did you think you just showed us? <laughs> so what do you call that, that, that you just showed us? I mean, I would have rather if he just shadow boxed or did something right. in the room, you know. But even the even the internet trolls were happy. They were like with the boxer that was on there, and he was hands look good. And he was shadow boxing. I was like, guys should watch how this guy's yeah, shadow boxing. Like see. this is a good example. People were like, oh, he's fighting the air. <laughs> I was like, this dumb motherfuckers. Like I'm like, this is a real boxer doing like his real shit. I was like, if you ever wanted, anytime you see a professional athlete do something like that, that's like a free lesson. That's right. I love watching that shit. I'm like, let me watch what a real person does because I know when I do it, right. it don't look like that. So I'm like, let's watch somebody that looks good. So like anybody that chooses that time to, to, to open their mouth and just talk stupid trash yep. when they could be literally watching something that you would have to pay for if that was like an instruction. Yep. Like if you went to a gym and you're like, I need some boxing instruction. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to try to shadow box. And then part of it, you're like, right, well, just show me first. Show me first so I can try to then, – then I'll do it and we'll do blah, blah, blah. That was a person showing you a good example. And then when he hit mitts after too, I was like, dude, there's a different level. Yep. And we've said this and everybody knows. I mean there's a different level when, when you are limited to one striking aspect and then let alone the feet work. A really good boxer, and I'm not even sure how good he is in the terms of, of in the boxing world. But I know he's much better. Oh, he's legit. A, he's legit. That's a legit you know, boxing match. It was just like it was just crazy, and then like, but I thought he looked he he looked really good, and it was just funny reading like the 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 comments afterwards. I was like, what are you people? You can't please everybody, but it's just like, what are you here for? Like, what do they want? Some people just go, I think, to YouTube because they feel they have to spew. Oh yeah, they some just, just get the hate out. Shit out. YouTube's the worst. Their YouTube's the worst. Or something. So here's the deal. So Jake Paul has, has come out and said, you know, ultimately his goal is to get to Conor McGregor, which sounds incredibly bizarre, right? Uh, but if you think about it, it might actually be possible. And and and. We'll walk to that in a second. I'll ask you if you think that this is a, a real possibility. He did but, say, and you guys should go listen to Mike. Give, I will give Bond credit. Like, Go listen to his interview with uh, Jake. Because Jake did say, because he asked him, he's like, why, do you, why are you picking on all these MMA guys? Are you trying to start beef? And he's like, I just, he's like I'm just kind of trolling him. You know, so he understands oh, yeah. that this, this is, a, it is a bit, you know. Uh, he knows that he can uh, trigger people. Yeah. And he's doing oh, he it really, really well with with the MMA game. I mean, look, that's but, why he did the workout he did. You know what I mean? It was still <laughs> bizarre, but that's why he did it. But what are this? So we know he wants to fight Conor McGregor. Um, the crazy thing is that uh, not many people could get in touch with Conor McGregor, but you, Cole Coffee, were able to get a hold of Conor McGregor, which was amazing, and 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 reach out to him, even though you know he's a little tough these days, to ask him about that workout because we know. That, that Jake Paul has been going after Conor McGregor and, and, and wanting to book that fight. And so we weren't sure if Conor McGregor was watching or not. But the fact that we streamed it live on MMA Junkies YouTube, obviously Conor is going to tune into something like that. And, uh, and and you were able to actually get get his thoughts on, on that open workout. And I'm, I'm just if – you, if you're ready to tee that up now, um, what were Conor's thoughts on, on Jake Paul's workout? <laughs> Can't even. <laughs> Must be something wrong with the tape machine here. I think he said something about pee heads and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he just totally bailed out. Sorry, G. I tried. 
We'll keep going. We'll keep going. All right, let me ask you. No. Can can this can, th- All right, this is crazy. But let's say let's say Jake Paul knocks out Ben Askren. All right? Knocks out Ben Askren. Oh, please no. Sty- I mean just styles on him, right? And let's say Conor McGregor loses to Dustin Poirier. Because at that point if 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 Conor loses again to Dustin, there's not a lot of options for him at the at Do you the, think he doesn't lose to him? I don't know. Hey, that. I mean, I'm picking Dustin right now. I'm picking Dustin in the, right in now. In the too. way too early in to pick, I, I picked Dustin Poirier in the trilogy. So let's say Jake wins, Connor loses. I mean, I've always said, look, I think you can always go back to Connor and Nate at any time you want. You can do that yeah. trilogy. I, and I've I've literally said they could both be on five fight losing streaks and it would still sell. And I think it would. But outside of that, I don't know if there's a whole lot of million buy paper. I mean, d- doesn't the shine come off of Connor a little bit at that point? Where, like, yeah. Does it come off the, the far enough that he would fight Jake Paul? I mean, that would do gangbuster numbers. Gangbuster. Well, numbers. I was gonna say. I mean, especially if Triller, if Triller's throwing out the money that they're throwing out, like for this, to think that there was like a legit means, but I guess that would have to be. I mean, he's still under contract, right, with the UFC. Yes. So, I mean, the UFC would have to do something. I wonder if the UFC would try to throw the money out. I mean, I'm not even sure what. Because Triller, I mean, from I, what, did, what did I hear? What did we hear that he's getting? $3 million? $9 million? I didn't hear. I haven't heard. I, mean, I meant to ask, I keep meaning to ask Dan because I, I know Dan knows what. Whoops, I was, I was going to ask somebody behind the scenes. <laughs> 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 whoops, let that one slip. I was going to try to ask, yeah, I was going to try to ask somebody. Yeah, I was going to try to ask Dana behind the scenes because I know he knows. So I'm sure they had to sign off on it. Like you said, he's still under contract. Yeah. So he had to sign off on it. I don't know. Uh, I mean, yes, I think. I mean, his even though his shine, his shine would come off in the terms of being able to just, I would think, step in for a uh, a title shot. You know, where right now, I mean, like Connor still got that whatever factor where they're always going to be like, yes, we can throw it in, and people want to see it. The night fight, of course, that would always make money. Um, if it's just about getting paydays, then yeah, I mean, people would watch it. I mean, people are turning in in crazy amount of numbers, it seems, to watch Jake fight Ben Askren. Right. If it's a possibility of Jake fight Conor McGregor. It would be huge. It would be huge. Which is crazy, but it would be huge. It would be huge. I mean, and that's the kind of thing, like... Uh, Conor would wax him. Oh, dude. I mean... it would be That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but look, here we are. We're talking about it as if it's a... Like, if you'd have asked me a year ago... If you said, "Hey, this is gonna happen," I'm like, "Dude, shut up! Why? Don't even mention." Dude, it. even the, the thought of Connor now fighting Dustin Poirier for non-titles just for a trilogy, two fights in a row, is nuts. Yep, is nuts as well because one, it's not the money that he would have got if it was fighting Nate, but it's still crazy. But here we are, you know. I mean, uh, so at this point, anything's sort of possible. Um, but if he does lose to Dustin again, uh, the only shine I think he loses is. The ease of them being able to say, well, he if if a title possibility comes in to just throw him in, because then at that point you're just come on, you can't anymore. I mean, at that point you're just, I mean, you're just shitting on. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Your fighters at that point, if he were to lose to Dustin in the summertime, he would be one and three in his last four, with the only win being over Cowboy Cerrone, who is on his way out the door. Now, granted, you're talking about Habib Nurmagomedov and Dustin Poirier, so. Okay, I mean, you're, you're talking about top-level competition, but, you know, your other victory, even if you were to go back, you know, since the Jose Aldo win, you know, he's 3-3 three and three at this point. The win over Nate Diaz, the win over Eddie Alvarez, who uh, you can't take away 
you know, Eddie Alvarez is, you know, who he was at that point. But obviously at this point, I mean, when you look in retrospect, you're, you're starting to see the tail end of Eddie Alvarez. I don't know, man. I just – if he loses again, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that that fight could actually happen with Jake. Now, again, Jake's got to Jake's yeah. smash Askren. Jake can't, Jake can't score a, a – you know, a, a, a ho-hum decision over Ben Askren. He definitely can't lose to Ben Askren and then go say he wants to fight Conor McGregor. But if, if he were to somehow come out, let's say just lay out Ben Askren in the first round, like he did to Nate Robinson, don't think it's going to happen. But if it did and Conor were to lose, I think we'd be a hell of a lot closer to that fight happening than anybody might want to admit. But that's the thing. Whether he wins or loses, if if Conor wants it, Conor can get it. True. I mean, if 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 – Jake says enough to get under Connor's skin, whether he wins or loses, and he says, you know, you know, whatever. I one, I know that if he does win, he's going to throw that whole million dollars if there is a real million dollar bet in Dana's face. That Dana will be literally signing up dudes to go whip his ass. Right. Um, but even if he doesn't, knowing that there's a possibility that the UFC one can get a cut of something, um, and if Connor wants it. Um, It'll happen. It'll happen just because of the fact that I mean, like, Connor Connor is in a lucky position at least for the next couple years or so while he's still physically active for this, right. and while he's still you know hasn't burned all. He turns thirty three in July. He's still young. he's still he's still young. Still but I young. mean, like, he's got a he's got a lot of means and a lot of money that if he wanted to focus on just his business and other business aspects, I mean, like this life, this this training stuff that these guys do. Look at them all. They all dedicate their lives. It's, it's just nonstop for these guys. Mm-hmm. A lot of them don't have the time to do all the business ventures off to the side because they're focused so much. That's why a lot of them do it at the very end of their careers. Luckily, Connor's young. He's able to focus all that right now, and he's able to do it. But we're seeing what, what that means because he's not doing as much in the gym. We see him get these yeah, spurts you- towards the end where he refocuses. And then it's rush, 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 cram, cram, cram. But it has to be the whole time. But it's not. We're not getting the same Connor that we used to. Yep. Um, and I have to think that it can't just be his age, you know. And, and it's not like he's going crazy in excess. I don't know. I'm not there with him. But um, I just have to say it's just because it's he's dedicating a much smaller percentage of his time and effort to the training and the the preparation for fights because he's not in the cycle anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just these one-offs. But if he wants it, it doesn't matter where he's at, especially like a fight like a Jake Paul. It's not like he needs to have a large camp or a long camp or anything. He could just say, I, "Oh, he could, I, yeah." He, give him, give him two months. No disrespect, but he you wouldn't know. even need to train for that. Well, I know, but I think he would probably train. just want to. Just I know, but to, I'm saying, like, I, like I'm not, I'm, what I'm saying is, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Jake Paul or whatever. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, not that I care, but I'm just saying, like, I'm not yeah. trying to be disrespectful. But I, I, Connor could just. Rolling hot after a night of drinking and win that fight, and that's the thing. With depending on what, if Triller still, you know, if things are doing well and if they make the money that they're hoping to make from this sort of deal, if they say, hey, you know, whether Connor wins or loses, and whether Jake wins or loses, if they say, hey, Connor, you know, you're going to get ten million dollars to fight fight oh, Jake would, Paul. Well, I was going to say, t- I don't think he'd do it for ten million because he he makes way more than that, but. It'd be a fight that he didn't have to train for. So ten right. million for a fight that you don't have to train right. for. And I just maybe it is appealing. That's maybe it is appealing. Why wouldn't it be? I can't even believe we're talking about it. I, let's move on. I don't even want to talk about this. I just I, just, <laughs> I want to see Connor knock the fuck out of Jake Paul. Now you planted the idea <laughs> in my head. I'm th- I'm just saying if somehow I would Jake love the wins, Diaz. I love it, the Nate Diaz. Oh, people talked about the Nate Diaz one. 
Because imagine this. Like, I, I still wonder, like, when I watched the whole face-off uh, when Ben was in the box and for some reason Jake didn't go in. It was like, oh, it was like it was already planned. I'm not going to go in the box. Right. He's like, no, come out here. Come out here. And then he gets in his face. All I could think about was like, man, if that was like a Nate Diaz and he walked up like that, you're getting punched. Nate would have straight slapped his ass. Yeah, and then I would love the fact of if his boys thought they were boys and like, oh, we're gonna go. But then Nate and his Stockton posse are there. Holy shit! <laughs> then you're gonna see so you real see, crew. So you want to see Nate versus Jake Paul? I would love to see Nate and Nate's crew whip the shit out of Jake Paul's <laughs> crew because. Uh, because it's two different Trillion fight clubs. Just saying, make it's it happen. Just, it's just two different extremes. Happen. You know, good on Jake Paul and those guys to build themselves up. You know, uh, I, from what I guess, they weren't like born with like silver spoon, but they made something of themselves. But now you got all these dudes that are just living their lives vicariously through him, hanging around him. You know, uh, but then now when they show up, these things like, oh yeah, I got your back, I got your back, I got your back. The people that are around Diaz, those guys that live and train and half those dudes all fight, they legit got each other's back because they've been there. They've right. actually been in a fight. I doubt any of these motherfuckers that go around with Jake Paul have ever been in a scrap with him. You know, so not on that level. But not yeah. Maybe a random <laughs> bar fight when they're yeah. like, Oh, you know, I I, I I happen to accidentally scratch your your Maserati and we're going to throw down now. <laughs> um like, that is, like, legit shit. I would love to just see it because, one, I mean, Nate's boxing is just sick. But now the fact, too, that Nick's coming out looking good. Imagine that Nate and Nick beat up Logan and Jake Paul, mm -hmm. and then their posses beat the shit out of each other. Right. Dude, straight Triller Rumble Fight Club. Royal Rumble. All right, here's one that might be more realistic. We know that Anderson Silva is fighting Julio Cesar Chavez in the summertime, right? So we know – the Anderson Silva is free and clear of the UFC, so now he doesn't even have to have the UFC involved. Would no, the, no, would you, you be interested in seeing Anderson <laughs> Silva versus Jake Paul? Oh, of course, I I would love to see someone just square up and just beat his ass, just for the way that he's carried himself. I don't. It's not like I even have any animosity towards him. It is bizarre. Maybe it, here's what's even more bizarre: is that you were able to actually get a hold of Anderson Silva. You're so and ridiculous. Ask him about the possibility <laughs> of fighting Jake Paul. And it's it's crazy because I mean, I hadn't even thought about this question until just this moment, but you had the foresight to reach out to Anderson Silva and ask him about the possibility of maybe after the Chavez Jr. fight is done, fighting Jake Paul and Cole Coffey. Thank you for doing that. The foresight is yeah, incredible. You know, I, I do what I can do. I mean, and it, obviously, G, you know, uh, was putting in their quest, and, and you wanted to deliver for him based on that memo that you obviously reviewed several times earlier <laughs> in the week. Um, and and so, uh, without further ado, um, can can you play some of that audio for for the listeners now? Yeah, it's normal. Okay, he's being a little cagey about it. All right, you know. He's I think sometimes his English just gets really <laughs> weird. <He> just <laughs> I mean, you know what, though? That's genius marketing by Anderson Silva. He kind of planted the seed. Just a little, a little, little. Didn't commit. He doesn't want to offend anybody. I, with try, I tried to get him to elaborate more, and he just kept saying that same phrase. That's oh, crazy. No. I mean, the, the, he's got this one fight to focus on, so he, he just threw that out there. Maybe that was, that's what it was. That's that was what good. It was. That was good. All right, well, listen. Uh, all right, listen. Uh, let's, let's move on from that matchup as well. I'm going to be honest with you, I'll be watching on Saturday night. Uh, listen, uh, the Triller, the Triller pay per view is not cheap. I did not buy the first Triller. Is, how much is uh, it? Forty, I think forty nine. Oh uh, I did not buy the first Triller uh, pay per view, but I will say this: 
None other than Kevin Ioli, who Kevin Ioli is not easy to please and it will happily slam your organization if he thinks you suck. He told me, so this wasn't an on-record conversation. This is just two guys talking. He told me the first one, he's like, man, they did a really – he's like, production-wise, they did an amazing job. He's like, they really – like, it, it looked beautiful. Interesting. It flowed well. It, well, so, that's I mean, saying something. Yeah, because Kevin Ioli – Kevin's Ioli's seen a, a bazillion yeah, boxing events. And he will, he will talk some trash about your organization if he thinks you suck. And he said man, they did a great job. Bucks. So, uh, 50 bucks. I, I'll be watching. I'll be watching from Press Row, so we'll – We'll talk about it on the and a half, and we'll talk more about that in a second. But in the meantime, I want to do this. I had been saying, how many Thursdays had I sat down, and there was a Bellator event coming up, and I said, you know what? I need to speak to Nolan King. We should have gotten Nolan King. We should have talked. Nolan King's right there in the King fight sphere. King of the fight sphere. And we should have got him. And, Is that and, what you call him? I, I call him the mayor of the fight mayor sphere. Mayor of the Yeah. <laughs> I knew it was uh, I call him the mayor of the fight sphere. <laughs> and uh, we never got him. So, this, so actually, <laughs> somebody actually reached out to me on Twitter and was like, dude, you keep saying you're going to have Nolan King on, and then you never have him on. When are you going to have him on? And I was like, you know what? I have no excuse. You're absolutely right. So uh, lined up uh, lined up Nolan, and uh, let's bring him on now. All right, there he is, the guy that I've been calling the mayor of Fight Sphere, uh, <laughs> the guy that has gotten to know it very, very well uh, over the past couple, geez, months, years at this point, who knows. Nolan King, what's going on, man? What's up, John? How are you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. So let's just jump into it, man. Obviously, you're there in Uncasville, Connecticut right now, getting ready for Bellator 257. Uh, do you even know how many events you've done there now? I mean, you're a, a weekly fixture there. Have you have you kept track and figured out how many events you've done? Well, I think last year I did 11. So then you add in the, the this will be my third one of this year. And so, yeah, we're looking at uh, looking at 14. It has been a... Uh, quite the experience. I mean, uh, you know, I don't like to, to think 2020 was... Uh, you know, I know a lot of people had shitty years, but for me, I mean, this was a little bit of a silver lining to have this land in my backyard. So it's been a grind. It's been a hustle. It's been a lot of sitting in a hotel room, not being able to do much or have to eat food from places that I don't necessarily like. But that's all right, man. I uh, I gained a lot of experience and, um, you know, I hope I like to think that on the other end of this, I'll come come back stronger, come come out stronger from it. That's hilarious. It's funny. So we'll sit yeah. down and do this podcast like every Thursday like we do. And as soon as I do, I'm like, man, we should talk to Nolan. I should have <laughs> talked to Nolan. I, I've, done, I've, I've said it a million times. It's so, finally somebody, and I wish I had Somebody on Twitter just called me out. And they were like, you keep saying you're going to have Nolan on. Why don't you have him on? I'm like. Yeah, that, that was my burner account. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I, listen, I listen every week. And I, every time we get to that point, I'm like. Yeah, maybe I maybe I'll hit up John because people, you know, keep, you keep saying, uh, you know, you'll have me on. But that person, whoever you are, the, the burner account, <laughs> it might be mine. Shout out! <laughs> we made it happen. We made it happen. So we'll, we'll do it more frequently as it goes on. Just it, it's it just goes to show you how piss poor I am at planning sometimes. And I'll say nah. to my own uh, to my own credit, it, it's been crazy, and it's been crazy for for all of us. This has been a, a crazy week, but uh, so I'm glad we could both make it happen because I know there's a lot going yes. on. Um, so you kind of touched on, I mean, you, like you, obviously you didn't plan for any of this. I mean, this is crazy. We, I mean, we knew you'd be covering live events in the Northeast when you came on board and made junkie, of course, you know, you're based in Boston. So we knew you'd be a part. You did a little bit with us early, but I mean, essentially you kind of become like a Bellator beat writer the last year. Or so just the way that things played out. Right. So, I mean, has, has that been, what's that been like for you, I guess, because I mean, honestly, right now. I'd have to say you're as in tune with Bellator as, as any reporter in the industry, wouldn't you say? I mean, I'm not not to toot your own horn, but I mean, you're at every single event. You're doing, you're interviewing every single fighter. I, I've got to say you're as in tune with Bellator as anybody right now. Yeah, well, I appreciate that, and it's it's hard for me to argue. I mean, certainly, I think uh, I've I've been here 
probably more weeks than some of the people that are, you know, up the ladder, some of the staffers. So, uh, you know, I was, I was funny. I was actually the other day thinking like, you know, any of these people that I see like on a regular basis and talk to here, you know, every single one of them, I'm like, well, he missed a couple events. He missed one. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly, I've certainly been in the fight sphere, I think, uh, more than anyone. And if you want to, if you want to, uh, you know, dub me the, the Duke or whatever you call me, the King of Uncasville, I, I will, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll think about it. I'll think about accepting that, uh, that that name but yeah man it's it's been cool to kind of give me a perspective on how the fight game works behind the scenes i think uh you know for 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 me to be writing at my computer about it and listening to interviews it gives you one perspective but to see how a promotion like bellator operates during you know a, a pandemic and and to really have a uh, kind of a a, a a better perspective when there's not a ton of media here you know some weeks it's just me other weeks, there's a couple other people. I think the most we've had uh, here is like five or six outlets at once, and that was for Michael Chandler's last fight. Mm. So uh, it's, it's definitely been interesting. It's given me a good perspective, and I think it's something that uh, you know I'll carry with me. Uh, like I said, after this is all over, I'll still have that perspective. Yeah, no doubt. So you talked about operating during the pandemic. Uh, let's start there, I guess. Um, you know, they, they had a long break, obviously. They're back to business now. I know you can't compare uh, to how the UFC does things or whatever because you've been be covering Bellator, but I, I just wanted to ask you how, how things have progressed there. I mean, obviously this pandemic thing, it feels like we're coming out on the other side of it, right? I mean, like vaccines are happening. Obviously the UFC is going back to, to, uh, to crowded arenas, you know, as early as next week. So it feels like we're starting to come out on the other side of this. But um, as far as Bellator's operations go, I mean, I still see, you know, everybody wearing a mask and the face-offs and, and, and all that stuff. So, I mean, it's clear to me that they're taking it real seriously. But as far as the operations right now versus the way they've been all along, had they started to, to lax or lighten up anything, or are they still kind of, you know, locking it all down? So I think they were they, they were just a little more lax, I think, to begin with than maybe the UFC. Uh, you know, there's operating out of Mohegan Sun and prevents, you know, provides some challenges, I guess you'd say, uh, in terms of, the way the bubble works, you know, the hotels in one part of the casino, the arena is kind of in the other. So essentially what Bellator did was to start off, they said, Hey, you guys can go to the hotel. You know, you can go to the, the arena where everybody gets temp checked on the way in. And then anything in between there, we're going to make sure that you can't do it and that you're miserable. So, um, <laughs> they kind of, they kind of did it that way where, you know, you can only get takeout. If anyone sees you sitting in a restaurant, you get booted and you're not welcome back. Wow. So, um, it's, it's, it has remained that way. Um, nothing's really changed. Some of the people that have been here for the last, you know, back to back to back weeks, I think are at their wits end, um, that I'm talking to this week, just from, from being stuck in the rooms and kind of not having that many options. But for now, I mean, the testing's the same. Um, there's still, like I said, you can't go anywhere. So they haven't really, they haven't peeled back, but it seems to be working. Um, Mike Mazzulli told me the other day between the box showtime boxing the Bellator and uh, the, the March, Ma- uh, I don't know if it's March Madness, but college basketball divisional finals or something that they had here that there's only been, I think, 38 positive tests in that entire time. And so they, they test, just to give you an example, they test me twice a week. If I were to stay here for all seven days of the week, they'd test me a third time. So that's a lot of tests that they've done and to only have like 38 or whatever, under 40 tests come back is, shows that something's working. That is, that's pretty impressive. Did you ever consider staying there for those full seven days or were you like, hell no, I'm going back and forth? So I did that one week uh, in late October. I stayed over on the weekend. It was Halloween, I think. And it was just like, yep, I'm never doing that again. Like <laughs> just absolutely, uh, absolutely terrible. You know, is I think maybe the Halloween costumes did me in as well. Seeing 
everyone have a good time and be drunk and be able to go in restaurants and stuff. And, you know, me walking with my backpack through the casino, uh, to, to go hang out in my room and do nothing by myself. It's the walk of shame. The sad violin playing in the background. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. All right. So, all right. So, outside of COVID, let's just talk about Bellator. Um, like I said, because I mean, you're, you're seeing it. Talk to me about h- how you feel they're doing in terms of development. Because this is like this new era, right? I mean, obviously, we're a new, a new broadcast platform and, and all that. And, and we'll talk about that a little bit. But, I mean, their biggest challenge has always been, and we've talked about it a lot when, when I do go cover Bellator events is, you know, they, they've done a great job of really identifying, like, talent, like, that's 0-0 or 1-0, and you know what I mean? And signing people up really, really early in their career. The challenge is how do you get them to, to become stars, right? I mean, it takes a long time to, to build an A.J. McKee, right, who I think people believe is probably their best homegrown talent right now. Um, you know, even MVP, I think a lot of people are – so not not necessarily sold as much of a homegrown guy as he is as many times as they fought there he still gets doubt as to as to how good he stands but I, I, where would you say the development of their roster is right now because I will say you know when I look at lineups like this weekend you know there's no more of that and and I think part of it is probably because of COVID I guess because they used to have just like random local ticket sellers now obviously there's no local tickets to sell anymore so you don't need them. But I also feel like it's not just that. I also feel like it's just they're starting to really fill up their roster to where you have kind of filled out divisions. So, I mean, where do you see their their progress in terms of kind of overall talent development? Yeah, I mean, I think what they've done this, uh, you know, the past, I don't know what you want to say, maybe six months or so, the approach they've taken, um, it it was a good point in time to do it because a lot of these prospects are used to be prospects are now at the point where they can turn and fight these these you know, contenders or maybe seasoned veterans, so to speak. So I think it, it, it was certainly a good move for them to kind of, uh, I don't want to say more legitimize their matchmaking, but, you know, give guys tough fights, take risks. Uh, you know, if somebody's an A-side, don't give them somebody that, that you know that they're definitely going to beat. Give them somebody that's a bit of a challenge. So right. I think it's been great to see. And they've also kind of filled out their division, like you said, kind of with these middle tier people too, like, and I don't mean middle tier like, oh, they're, they're middle tier fighters, but, you know, maybe an LFA uh, champion or an LFA contender, a Titan champion. They've been able to, and I don't know if it's because of the pandemic, maybe these regional fighters, you know, don't have as many options on the regional scene to keep them going. So they're more willing to sign with a major promotion, but they've really filled it out where pretty much, I mean, every fight that I look at on a Bellator card now is somewhat intriguing. Um, I think there's only been one or two where they've had kind of, you know, two, a couple local one-off contract guys fight each other. So I'm super stoked with the direction they're going. You know, I think the rankings are going to do them wonders with their with their matchmaking even further. And like you said, I think the divisions are just much deeper now. Yeah, and I'll say this, the rankings, I, I think they were a good idea. And, and obviously, full disclosure, not that people don't know, obviously both of us vote uh, on, yep. on the rankings. I'm not saying this because we're a part of it. But it does. It's exactly what happened when the UFC rolled out their rankings. You know, of course, that was at Fox's direction. Was you look at a matchup and, and suddenly it means more. You know what I mean? So, like, you look at a prelim matchup and it's number four versus number seven or number eight versus number ten or whatever the case may be. And, and I think it does mean something, right? You know, like, you, you look at, you know, some of the prelims that we had this week. You know, a Mads Burnell, a J.J. Wilson, uh, you know, wherever it may be. Steve Mowry, perhaps, you know, that uh, if you didn't know the name, at least if you look at a lineup and you see a number next to it, I think it does I think it does serve its purpose, right, to let people know that that makes sense. And you've been doing all the interviews. It sounds like the fighters like it too because it, it seems like they've been saying, hey, now I've got a, a clear path. Like I understand what the matchmaking process is. 
Yeah, 100 percent. I think it, it has a more merit. You know, there's more meritocracy with the whole thing now where fighters know their path to the title. It's not a question. It's not, um, you know, and from Bellator's end, too. I mean, they know when they're, they're ready to challenge guys. So it's been phenomenal. And like you said, I mean, we're both part of the rankings. And, and I think that uh, it's been an interesting process thus far. And I'm not just like I said, like you said, I'm not just bumping this bumping this up because pumping this up because of, uh, you know, my participation in it. But I think it really does legitimize the fighters, and I think it gives some of these guys maybe um, that don't have huge name recognition, it gives them bigger opportunities for fighters that need to be challenged. It allows them to, to be challenged at the right time. So I love it. I, I think there's a whole crowd of people that hate rankings. I see it all the time. Oh, well, rankings don't mean anything. The UFC gave Nate Diaz to Leon Edwards. And I get it. But at the same time, when it comes Monday morning and we have to talk on, on spinning back click about who we think should fight who – the first thing I look at is the UFC rankings. Yeah, absolutely. No question about yeah. it. All right, let's talk about uh, Bellator 257, of course, Friday night, Showtime, and you can catch the prelims on MMA Junkie. Uh, the light heavyweight Grand Prix is featured heavily here, right? The main and the co-main event, Ryan Bader, has already punched his ticket to the next round. This time, uh, the main event championship fight for Team Nimkov puts his title on the line in a rematch against Phil Davis. And then, of course, uh, Corey Anderson takes on the mystery man, right? Devet <laughs> oh, God damn it. I, I thought I could say it in my head. Devet Devletson Yakshimuradov, I think, is somewhere around there. Did, did you see I got Borachina Depot? I did see you got Borachina <laughs> Depot. And by the way, if somebody hasn't seen it, now, Borachina Depot, I'm assuming everybody that listens to this knows the the Twitter account, which is great at collecting just multimedia clips from around the internet and, and you know, funny stuff, right? But, I mean, he, he had to edit that and put some work into it, right? I mean, this is not just this is not just grabbing one of your clips. He grabbed all your clips, showed the fact that in every single one of your interviews, you greet the, the fighter by their first name, except in except with our with our man D Yags, Dovi Yags, uh, you just, just got straight into the question. Oh, one hundred percent. I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna botch it right off the bat. You know, if you go back and watch that interview too, the entire time you know, and at the time, I think this is overthinking. In my head, I'm going, well, sh shit, you didn't say his name at the beginning. So now if anybody watches this, they're going to think you don't know how to say it. <laughs> so in the last the last question, I was like, I'm going to take a gamble and I'm going to try it. I, I've pronounced it a million times in my head coming into the interview and I nailed it. And I was pretty cocky. I was like, oh, people are going to watch this. And like, you know, the, the intro won't come off that bad. And sure enough, <laughs> Borachina Depot just probably spent an hour cutting that thing. Uh... And uh it was yeah, it's it's pretty funny, man. Uh, Mike Bond messaged me today, like you got Borachina, and I saw the notification come across. First, I was super nervous, and then I was kind of excited at the same time because <laughs> it kind of means you make it, right? That's right, you made it. So, well, yeah. let's hear. Can we can we hear the the nailed spot on pronunciation? Can you do it on the spot? Yeah, Dovla John Yagshemurdov. Oh, nice! It just rolled Not off the bad, tongue. Huh? It just rolled off the yeah. tongue. All right, so talk to you yeah. about these two fights. I mean, obviously, we've got a rematch in the main event. Um, but, I mean, Yagshemurdov, I think, is kind of a uh, – I mean, I, I think I even dubbed him in – uh, you know, I was editing Dan Tom's breakdown earlier uh, that will run to, uh, later tonight, actually. And I actually, like, called him the mystery man. Like, I feel like he's the guy <laughs> that, you know, probably most people don't know about, like even your hardcore. So, I mean, what what stands out on you on, on these two fights? Obviously, a lot of different stakes, uh, you know, but everybody's trying to advance in the Grand Prix. Um, what, what stands out to you on these two fights? Yeah, I mean, the main event, I think, uh, is an interesting one. I think Nemkov versus Davis, uh, you know, took place a couple years ago. But rematch, I expect to be a lot different. I, I think it's funny, like, Phil came into Bellator. He kind of ran in, got the title, lost it in a semi-close fight to Ryan Bader. And then has won, you know, every single fight except Nemkov and has not gotten back to the title. So 
I think he's he's perennially a number one contender for a reason. He's right at the top of the division pretty much at all times. And then Nemkov, I mean, this is another legitimate test. I know he's beaten Phil once before, but, uh, you know, in order to, to kind of be judged as one of the best fighters in the world, you got to defend your belt. And um, this is this is not an easy challenge for him. So that's a great fight. And then the co-main event, I'm very, very excited to see my boy Dobbs Yags. I think that uh, <laughs> ACA is one of the most underrated organizations, uh, at least here in North America. Talent-wise, I understand the names probably have a big part to do with it. The fact that some of these guys are from places like Turkmenistan, which is a place that I didn't even know existed coming into this week. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, 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 I think ACA is a great organization and they produce great talent. So I think Corey Anderson, as much as we joke and we say we don't, you know, this guy's kind of the dark horse and he, nobody knew who he was coming into this. I think this is a very legitimate test. Uh, the guy has great credentials. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for both fights, man. Yeah, I agree. I think it's two big ones there. Um, and, and so we'll really have an idea of what the next round of the, the light heavyweight Grand Prix is going to look like. Uh, I did want to ask you, Paul Daly, as well. You had a great article about how the, the tension between Daly and Saba Homasi kind of started, and it actually involved Dustin Poirier a little bit as well, which is, which is kind of funny. Um, but uh, So I, I definitely recommend people you know check that article out if you want to see like why there's a little bit of bad blood here. But um, I, I guess there's kind of some confusion. Is this Paul Daly's last fight or not? I mean, you get the sense that he's walking away from the sport or is that one of those you know quote-unquote MMA retirements that, that never seem to stick yeah I mean it's kind of interesting usually at least I can sort of gauge where either Scott Coker or the fighters coming from when we have these conversations but both both of them kind of seemed open like they seem kind of you know well we'll see what happens and for Daly I mean he has his terms laid out he knows what kind of fights he wants I think he's just more unsure if Bellator is going to give them to him and from Coker's side I think he kind of wants to see how Daly looks tomorrow night. I mean, Paul's getting up there in age. He hasn't fought in a while, too. So if he goes out there and gets head kicked brutally in the you know the first round, maybe Scott will say, hey, you know, uh, this might be the good time to part. So we'll see. I mean, Coker told me Paul Daly's one of his favorite all-time fighters. So uh, that's that's a pretty solid compliment. And uh, maybe they can they can carve out some catchweight bouts going forward for him in the future. Interesting. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how that plays out. I mean, Daly's still a big name. I mean, I don't think he's championship level of course anymore I mean he's been you know he's been around for a long time and I think people uh you know the game's kind of advanced a little bit but in terms of just pure excitement the dude still brings it he's still dangerous 100% man and I think that's my favorite fight on the card tomorrow uh those guys do not like each other it's fun when you kind of get the crossroads of this fight's going to be a banger mixed with wow this actually legitimate beef where these two aren't just shaping it up for the cameras so I think it's great um Bellator I think shifted it to be the first main card bout so uh it's going gonna, it's gonna to kick off the, the portion on Showtime with a bang, hopefully. And I guess for anybody that didn't read your story, basically it boils down to, well, they kind of have different s- stories of how the tension started, right? They both look at it different way uh, as to, like, why it started. Yeah, I mean, Hamasi kind of told me that I, I talked to him first, and, you know, um, it's funny. He's, he's, not, he's always kind of serious, and I think he just wants to get in and out of his interviews, but I think talking to him about somebody he hated actually kind of opened him up a little bit. Like he was, he was kind of happy to, to talk some shit, which was awesome. And uh, so he was saying, you know, that it all started with, with Daly um, essentially going out and, and, and approaching Dustin Poirier and Hamasi's coaches in the hotel lobby when they were matched up on one of the bookings that fell through. Um, and that he started saying inappropriate stuff to Dustin, trying to trash talk and get inside their heads. And Sabah took exception to that. And I guess like hotel staff kind of, you know, shooed them away, got everybody to, to calm down and go in their separate directions. And then I talked to Paul second 
And, uh, you know, he, I think equally shares this, uh, love for talking shit, you know, sitting back in a, sitting back in the chair, just kind of telling me the story. He, he laid out a little bit of a different picture, which was that when he was weighing in for the fight against Sabah, um, that he heard Dustin Poirier talking smack from the, the crowd. So he took exception to that at the time, obviously Poirier's in the crowd. He's not going to jump in the crowd and start talking trash to him. But when they, everybody got back to the hotel and, you know, fighters were, were going out after the ceremonials, you know, he kind of got in Dustin's face to ask him, you know, hey, I thought we were cool. We shook hands earlier in the week and here you are, you know, talking, talking smack to me while I'm on stage. So I don't know, man, it's different perspectives. It's the fight game. Um, and, and I guess tomorrow we'll, we'll maybe be, we'll maybe be settled inside the cage. We'll see. I dig it. I dig it. Just prelims briefly. I mean, obviously, like I said, I mean, it used to, I, I, I don't mean to be rude, but a lot of times the prelims, it was just, like I said, local ticket sales. Like I wouldn't even really look at them. You know, I, I wouldn't even worry about it. Now I look at the cards and I say, man, you know, there's some good match. I mean, obviously you got, you got a former champion on there and Julia Budd, you know, a top pound for pound ranked fighter in the women's division. Uh, obviously you've got, you know, excitement and, and Raymond Daniels on there. Uh, you know, you got Victor Nimkov in there. Uh, you know, I, I look at names like Steve Maurer, the undefeated record there. J.J. Wilson, who I really like, but damn it, he's got to he's got to make weight. I think he's a real talent. Um, I mean, what's what what stands out to you on the prelims that, that you feel like you know if people don't watch Bellator as much or, or just aren't familiar with the names that they should really pay attention to? Yeah, I think that the two of the bouts you mentioned, Pedro Carvalho and J.J. Wilson's a great fight. Uh, J.J. missed weight earlier this morning, he's second time in three fights, but um, Pedro's coming off obviously that the Pitbull loss. Um, but man, I have, I have so much respect for him. I had heard, I had actually kind of an interesting story. He's apparently out here by himself. He has no cornermen. Um, I think all of his cornermen were dealing with COVID issues oh, wow. and, and they're back home. And he's actually, uh, he hasn't been to his home. I don't know if he, I don't know if he lives in Portugal or Ireland, but he hasn't been home. His wife had a baby a month ago and he's been training, um, you know, away from them. He hasn't seen the baby yet. So he's out here. Knowing his baby that he had a month ago, he hasn't met it yet, and uh, wow. now he has no cornerman. So, um, kind of a badass dude, you know. I, I don't, I don't root for fighters, but at the same time, you get to respect, uh, got to respect that whole backstory. So yeah. that's that's one that I think, uh, you know, kind of an emotional tie backstory for people out there. And the other one, sticking with the Euro theme, uh, Saul Rogers, Mads Brunel, that's I think a is, a, is a great fight as well. Brunel's super legitimate. Saul needs consistency, needs to be able to, to have fights. So it's nice to, to see him be able to fight twice in six months for the first time in a while. That's awesome. Yeah, that is a great fight, man. That's a really good one. So last thing, uh, and uh, I know you're busy, and I know I'll, I'll let you get back to it, but um, just the Showtime era. I mean, of course, it you know it looks different on TV. Or, you know, it's got a new new home, and, um, you know, they've kind of done a couple different things in terms of graphics and, and what have you. But um, any any major difference you see in-house, or is it pretty much the same show since we moved over to Showtime? Yeah, there's, there's a little more uh, – there's more staffers here, it seems like. Uh, you know, there's some – people that sat in with us at the Wayans today that aren't, that weren't usually there. And I think there were some introductions going on between Showtime and the Bellator folks. So uh, definitely more staffers. I think that the Showtime uh, executives are, are there pretty much every week now, which is something that was new before we'd only see them when there was crossover where Bellator would have, you know, an event one week and the Showtime execs would show up a little early for the event the next week. Um, also, you know, on the broadcast, they had a, uh, Jerron Ennis last week so I'm expecting maybe a little more promotion when it comes to the stars like maybe for Showtime Boxing they'll bring in uh, one of the Bellator champions to right. talk on the broadcast but overall I mean the production seems like it's the same the uh the, the the media 
you know, the way the media stuff's run for us is pretty much the same. So um, I don't expect, you know, too many changes when it comes to, to that, just because I think they were, they're already kind of intertwined when they were on CBS sports, you know, generally same, the same folks doing the same things, just a little more uh, together now. Do we know how much longer the fight sphere is going to last? I mean, I think the, the, today we found out, uh, what June is, is going to be there. I mean, have they committed to how long they're, they're staying there? Do you, do you know? Yeah. So from what I've heard, May and June, definitely hundred percent set. So you got two events in May and two in June, uh, at least there might be a third, there might be a, a third event somewhere in there. In one of those two months as well. After that seems a little more murky. I think, um, Bellator will have to, I sound like Scott Coker, but Bellator will have to go to Viacom and, <laughs> and figure out the whole plan there. I, you know, I've heard that there is some urgency from Bellator's side to try to get back to, ha- to having events with fans. Um, you know, maybe somewhere back on the West Coast, like Pachanga is, is a place that I've heard yeah. uh, could be their starting point in terms of having fans back. Texas and Florida has also been have also been apparently brought up. But um, I'd expect them to, you know, try to get out of here. I think uh, I think sticking with the theme, I think everyone's ready to to leave the fight sphere. And it's just a matter of time till uh, till Bellator heads back to the West Coast. Not a moment too soon for you, I imagine. No, not at all. I mean. It just keeps sucking me in, man. Last week, get out to my car and it's ready to go home and enjoy the weekend that I have off, and my car is friggin' dead. So I'm sure there will be some shenanigans that the fight sphere throws at me this week. To, <laughs> oh, you know, no. maybe What'd my tires will be popped or something. What'd you have to do with your car? Oh, it was actually super. Now, this is the funniest part. This is not the first time my car has died here. So I knew that the, 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 like the attendant inside the door, you just go in and apparently there's some you know older gentleman who's probably like close late 70s comes out with a drives his truck over with a box and he just starts it so it was actually super smooth once uh it only took me like 15 minutes and it could have been a lot worse i was i was sweating there when uh when when i had to go do that again you've been at the fight for so long you even know how to get the side hustles going here and there, <laughs> man. That's, that's when you know you've been there too long Dude, seriously yeah we were talking about that today like the tricks of the trade for people that have been here too long like <laughs> You know, bringing your own pillow. Somebody said uh, the pillows here. It's, it's it's weird. You would think that the hotel would have the same pillows for every room, but it really doesn't. Um, there's different varieties. Yeah. So that's always a, a gamble. And uh, yeah, man, I, I've been here for too long. If you could, if you can't tell, I'm I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> you know, you know, the hotel staff was like, well, yeah, we don't all have the same pillows, but nobody will ever notice that. Like, who would stay here over and over in different rooms? Nobody will ever notice. Yeah, and- totally. <laughs> <laughs> totally, but there there are some perks the other way too. Like there's a button on the on your uh, they give you a little iPad thing on your desk that you can like order room service and change the TV and Ooh, stuff. Fancy. And uh, if you if you order water to your room twice in a row or t- two days in a row, the second day they bring you a whole case. Isn't that exciting? Whoa! These are the things I live for in the fights for John. <laughs> uh, These are the little great. things that get me through. That's great, man. Oh, it's, yeah. it's take me back to Fire Island. I know people are probably really jealous that I'm here. A hundred percent. Well, listen, man, I, yeah. I appreciate the time. Like I said, I know you're busy, but uh, this was way too long in, in doing it. So shout out to uh, shout out to you taking the time to, to log into your burner account and force my hand to make this happen. <laughs> uh, you, you definitely delivered, and uh, we'll do it again. And I guess you'll be back in May, right? So we'll definitely make sure we do it again for uh, yeah. for May, which I think you're pretty excited about that one, right? Yeah, that first fight, that card's going to be awesome. Uh, the, the cyborg card at the end of the month is still shaping up, but that main card, uh, Bellator two fifty eight. If people aren't Bellator fans, that would be that would be your your one one night of the year to tune into Bellator if you're only given one. But um, yeah, I really appreciate you having me on, John. It's been too long. Next time, 
got to bring my frosty beverage. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it's in person. Maybe not next time, but we're a couple times away, I think, from, from having a frosty beverage in person. We're getting there, man. I look forward to doing it real soon. Awesome. Thanks, man. All right, great preview for Bellator 257 with Nolan King. And uh, listen, that, that needed to happen for a long time. He did a great job, and we'll, we'll make sure we keep doing that. Sometimes we just kind of blaze through these uh, Bellator uh, cards. But, man, he, he did a great job, so we'll do that more often. I should have. come up with a better, better than the mayor, something that sounds more well, elegant. You know, at like first I was like the furor of the fight sphere, but that seems to have a little Ooh. bit of a negative connotation. I was trying big. to use that alliteration, that alliteration, yeah. you know, with the fight sphere. Mm. But yeah, Fuhrer probably probably not the right way to go on that. Hmm. Chancellor of Combat. Uh, I don't know. That's terrible. And you'd probably do it with like K's or something. No, wait a minute. <laughs> All right. All right. So anyway, what we're gonna say is if if you've uh if, if you like what you're listening, even when we say stupid stuff like that, uh make sure you give us the support. If you can head over to patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. Uh, for as little as $3 a month, you can sign up over there and help support us, and we really do appreciate that. Of course, that's where you get the exclusive uh, and a half episodes every single week after every single USC event. We'll bring you some some audio from the event, you know, some post-fight stuff, give you post-fight analysis and thoughts on that. Um, and overall, even if you don't care too much about the and a half, which I don't know why you wouldn't because it's fantastic, even if you just want to do it just to support us, it sure would mean something special to us. Uh, like our man this week, Craig Glover, man. Craig, Craig Glover, Glover came in strong. Welcome, Craig. Welcome, Craig. See, if I was in the other room, yeah, I could have played move, a jingle. We got to move into the music. Damn it. We should be in the other studio. We this got, is, we're in Studio A. This is just a plain old poolside view, the view of the outside studio, Vegas, The Studio B doesn't know? have quite yeah, so the Studio B doesn't have quite the atmosphere, but it no. does have the keyboard. And like you said, you could have had a little <laughs> jingle right there. Maybe Studio B next time. We got to talk about that. Yes, Craig, welcome. And and should we welcome uh, longtime, new-time uh, Mark Fellows? Uh, who, Mark Fellows, you say? Is, yes, that, is that a new sign-up? He's brand new sign-up. Oh. He actually uh, took advantage of the yearly membership, so he canceled his account. Welcome aboard, Mark Fellows. Welcome, Mark Fellows. No, and then Mark's, he came back been, on. Yeah, Mark's been supporting us from like day one, and uh, as you said, he took advantage of the new annual membership. Yes. So he canceled so his existing canceled membership. And then re-upped, and it gave him uh, what is it, 10%? 10% off 10% of the year. Something like that for save 10% for the year. So, I mean, if you're going to be one of the ones that's going to be here with us anyway, so I might as well get a little bit of a discount. Get 10% off. Get to result. But, uh, Shout out also to Stephen Carroll who said uh, – he actually had some feedback. He hit me up and he said, listen, over on Patreon, I was wondering – because a lot of times what we'll do is I'll share interviews that I've done and I'll share them with the Patreon community a little early uh, than anybody else gets to see him. And he said, uh, hey, I was wondering if you could put your interviews on audio form on Patreon as well because usually I'll share like uh, videos over there. And he's, he said, I just kind of like to hear the audio, which I actually know exactly what he's talking about. I, I like listening to podcasts, to be honest with you, over – um, watching videos and that sort of thing. And so, you know what? I'm going to do that. Stephen Carroll, thanks to you. I'll be putting it in audio form as well. So anybody that's supporting us over at patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow, uh, get ready for a, a little sneak preview of my uh, conversation earlier today with Kamaru Usman, USC welterweight champion. Kamaru Usman gave me some time ahead of his trip down to Florida for USC 261. So I'll share some of that conversation with you as well. And then, uh, and then you'll be seeing videos and stuff of it out on the webs, but you can get a little sneak preview at patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. Well, look at that. All right, listen, we'll talk about the USC event right now. I, sadly, I will say, I do think 
I do think Paul versus Naskin is the biggest event of the weekend, if I'm being honest with you. But uh, dude, the main event at UFC on ESPN 22 is fantastic. Is that just throwing a little jingle in there? No, it's uh, Scott Peterson was hitting me up for some reason. What a weird. What? He must be in trouble for something because he never calls me up. Man, if Scott Peterson's calling you. There's something <laughs> wrong going on. He just got arrested for something. He's looking to get bailed out. <laughs> I guarantee you. I guarantee you he wasn't wearing his mask somewhere and got thrown in jail. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> Let me put that on vibrate. Let's see uh, if he calls Robert back. Whitaker and Kelvin Gatslam in a fantastic fight. Listen. You know, I didn't save audio for these guys. You can check it out. We had our media day on Wednesday. It's over uh, at, at MMA Junkie. It's on the MMA Junkie YouTube channel as well. You know, neither of these guys is the big, you know, pre-fight soundbite kind of guy. So, uh, you know, it's not like they gave us some audio gold like, my God, you have to hear this. But, man, I, I can't state how big this fight is and um, how good I think it's going to be. You know, you're talking about two incredibly well-rounded guys. Um guys that, you know, in, in peak form. I know Kelvin Gaston went through the losing streak, but, man, you think about the battles that he's been in. Obviously, the fight with Israel Adesanya, one of the greatest fights we've ever seen. Uh, Robert Whitaker capable of doing great things as well. I, I just – I am really, really intrigued with this fight. And as we kind of alluded to earlier, not necessarily guaranteed stakes, but especially if Whitaker wins, you got to think if Whitaker wins, that rematch with Israel Adesanya is, is the next fight. Now, if Gaston wins, I know he said he thinks he has it, I think it gets a little tricky at that point. You know what I mean? Now, that, look, I just said it was one of the best fights we ever saw. Uh, you know, he certainly, you know, would have a, a case and there's history and you could sell it. Um, but, you know, you got Marvin Vittori that's in there. I mean, I, I, Paulo Costa probably lost in, his place in line a little bit by having to duck out of this, you know, depending on where you thought his place in line even was. But I, I don't know. I feel like Robert Whitaker is fighting for a number one contender fight. I'm excited for this fight. Yeah, I mean. It's tough when you just look at the record. So if he does get the win, that'll be three in a row. Kelvin, if he gets the win, that'll be two in a row. Um, but I always feel weird when it's like when they always say one half of it has that contender shot. Right. And if the guy loses, how can the how can the winner not take that? If thunder? I just beat the guy that if was I just beat the guy that was shot. the guy, you know, it's always tough. But I get it. Um, it, but I think, especially what we've seen before, especially with Dana, especially with the matchmakers, if you go out there and you put on a spectacular performance, whether or not you are the front runner, you quickly can become the front runner. I think you're right. I think Robert, if he comes out and has a great performance, um, can probably solidify his himself. If Kelvin though comes out and starches Robert, mm -hmm. gets a quick knockout and gets something that looks spectacular, I think he could easily sidestep in front of, of Marvin Vittori without a problem. Yeah. Even though Marvin has looked really good, um, I thought his last performance was good. It was a solid performance. Um, he did what we thought he would do against Kevin. Now, if he would have went out there and just, you know, flattened Kevin and just just made him look ridiculous, right? Um, then he would have had a little bit maybe more um, credit to his name going forward. Yeah, it didn't quite deliver the message no, he needed to. I mean, like, he, he got another good, solid win over a good, solid fighter, and so he's at the top. He's at the top, no doubt about it. Um, but if Robert goes out and gets a, a great victory over Kelvin and looks really, really good, I probably would want to see that one. I agree. Just because of the history and the fact that I know what we're going to get. Nobody wants to see a fight of Marvin in Israel, where one guy is clearly the whole fight just trying to take him down and, and get him on the ground, even though that is a smart play to do. Right. But we've also seen that's very hard to do, but that's also a very 
one-sided sort of affair where it's like if Izzy's out there looking great and striking but he doesn't have a dance partner that wants to stand in the middle and strike as well which I think he will get more of that from Whitaker so I think that particular sort of fight would be a little bit more exciting Mm -hmm. to watch Um, so part of me would be like I'd rather that one happen and I think that just tends Whitaker to, go. to me is the one that's the no-brainer because see, like yeah. if, if Whitaker loses, then you basically you have you have Gaslam, you have Vittori, you have Brunson that's been in there. Uh, again, I, I think I think Costa probably lost his place in line. I don't think. Yeah. I, I know he'll ask for it, but I think you could at least his look, last Brunson was just bad. Yeah, Brunson, Vittori, and Gaslam would all have legitimate cases, but none of them would be like, oh, I gotta see that fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas Whitaker wins, I think you go. Gotta see that fight. Yeah. Like he's re, he's reinvigorated. He wants his title back. Yeah. They got the history, and and who knows? And the, well, and then you start talking about. And I'm sure. I mean, obviously the UFC is, is clearly thinking about this. But um, man, it, it, aren't things open down there already? At least they are in New Zealand. I don't think they are in Australia yet. But yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like the world's steering in that direction now. If you want to reopen a, a market, can you imagine going back down there with the rematch? You know, Whitaker and Adesanya again. You know, I don't know if you can do Marvel Stadium again or not. I would think so. I don't think it would be any less big the second time around. And I'm sure there's a ton of folks there that are chomping at the Just bit. Just itching, right? Because they haven't been able, they haven't been able Whit- to I travel. Mean, I think they haven't right. been able to Whitaker's a no-brainer, but I think if – if Gaston out of the out of the three that you just mentioned, mm-hmm. even with just a win, that fight, knowing where Whitaker is and how much that fight makes so much sense, if if Gaston's able to steal that thunder, I would still rather see that than than Brunson and Vittori. Mm-hmm. Just the way that those last two fights sort of played out, they did what they needed to do to get the win, but it wasn't like oh man. I'm going to be talking about that fight for, yeah. for quite some time. Which I got a feeling we're probably going to be talking about this fight, right? <sighs> There's no way Gaslam's like, Please, gonna... how can we jinx this one? Yeah, you know, knock on wood, just on in wood. case. Because when you look at both fighters going into this, I mean, both fighters literally, they just leave it all out there. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, I mean, Gaslam was the first guy that I've ever seen do what was done to Izzy. Yeah. Everybody wants to see if that was if that was a fluke or if that, you know, did he learn to see what he needs to do? What Izzy was able to do against Whitaker that first time around, you also want to see, well, how much of – because both fighters have grown immensely since that point, so you want to see, could that happen again? Mm-hmm. You know, has Whitaker done what he's need to do? Did he learn all of his lessons so when they get back in there? So if he if Whitaker gets it, it's, it's an absolute no-brainer, I think. But if, even if he doesn't, Gastelum, even it now – and I'm kind of convincing myself, even without a wonderful performance, if he gets a solid – solid, solid victory over Whitaker. It doesn't even need to be a finish. If he just looks really good, maybe not even dominating, but he does enough to get the, even a decision victory, I would be more than happy seeing him get a shot over uh, Brunson and Vittori. You, you, you kind of convinced me, and I think I think what you said is exactly right. Like, I just, again, I don't want to jinx this fight, but I, I think, I mean, let's say Gaston was to employ the exact same strategy that Brunson and Vittori did against Kevin it wouldn't work. You couldn't no. do that. <laughs> you know no. what I mean? Like you wouldn't. You're not gonna be able to because nobody's done it before. You're not gonna you be able to take him do down it. at will, yeah. and you're not gonna be able to just hold him there. You right. know what I mean? So it's not gonna look that. There's no way this fight could look like those two fights. So 
Knock on wood. Knock on wood. <laughs> but first, I thought you said there's. You said that this is the phrase that we don't ever say, especially on fight nights and fight weeks. You don't ever say the phrase. There's no way that this fight can't be uh, exciting. There's no way. Like so, I, that's why I had to preface it so that yeah. the universe doesn't pay attention Ingana to Lewis, what I just that's said. Where we, that's where we learned the lesson there. Oh man. Uh, all right, listen. The rest of this main card, not nearly as much stakes, but I do want to say a couple things that stand out to me, um, and, and I'll let you chime in afterwards. Uh, Jakar Close and Jeremy Stevens. Looks like it should be a very fun fight stylistically on paper, yep. um, but it was made even more interesting. If you haven't seen Jeremy Stevens' pre-fight interview, um, go watch it uh, because it was he was talking to me and to Oscar Willis as well um, and kind of went into depth about how he's, well, he was talking with. I was also there. Too. Well, yeah, of course. So he was yeah, talking yeah. to me, but he was talking with. I you got guys. It. very great point. <laughs> Way to put it. Uh, uh, that he's basically you know he's he's not drinking anymore. He quit doing that, and he said it's changed his whole life, and also. Uh, you know, he reconnected with his estranged mom, who had been a you know a drug addict his entire life. You know, it's no secret that he had been he had had a pretty rough childhood. Um, but basically, talking about how his entire life has changed yeah. uh, and how dialed in he is on this. And meanwhile, Jakar was like, "I think Jeremy Stevens washed up, and I'm gonna run through him." So stylistically, on paper, it looks like it could be good. Stevens has that losing streak, but you look at the names he's lost to, and then you think about the fact that he's now you know, sober and refocused and all that. I mean, dude, uh, go watch the interview. I, it, it should convince you if, if, if you weren't convinced already, but I think that on paper is going to be great. That, uh, that fight should be absolute fire. I mean, Jeremy, the, the interesting thing with him is like, he's always seemed like he's been a hundred percent, like to the wall, 110% yeah. every fight. So to think that he's going to go in there with a clearer head. And then he also seems to be fighting with uh, another purpose added on to what he was already yes. sort of fighting yes. for. And you'll find more about that if you guys go listen to the interview, but he's fighting to help take care of his mother um, as well as provide for his family. So if you ever want to see a guy that, you know, while one guy thinks the other guy's maybe washed up, you have a fighter who has all the skills in the world, but now has reinvigorated himself and has a, a new purpose to fight. That's a brand new fighter, folks. That's a brand new that's fighter. That's not a fighter on his way out. That's not a fighter that's like, oh, he's just he's just going through the motion that he's got his foot out the door. This is going to be fire because Drakkar, too. I mean, Drakkar's very powerful hands. I mean, yep. like... This fight could be absolutely gangbusters, but it's a lot more. It's a lot more at stake, and it was very, very deep. It was a very, very moving interview uh, for a lot of people that think Jeremy maybe has come across as uh, maybe one-dimensional in fight weeks. Like yeah. he's like, oh, I, I hate my opponent. Kind of I hate my opponent. Yeah, I, I think he's always been kind of standoffish. Yeah. And dude, he was really opened up, man. Yeah, really like, opened to, up to, to share that kind of info clears a lot of stuff up. Uh, to when you, you know you kind of doubt and you kind of second guess any thoughts that you've maybe thought where you're like, oh, this guy just doesn't look like he's happy with life. It's like the guy's had one hell of a life, but now he's he's working to to, to correct that. And um, when he was talking about his mom and what he wanted to try to help provide and 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 provide for uh, somebody that wasn't there for him when he needed her to be there, um, shares a lot of character. We talked about other character that people have shown earlier on in this podcast. So it's the kind of shit that uh, whether you like Tricar, whether you dislike Jeremy or not, it's the kind of shit that you'll pull for Jeremy. Mm -hmm. If you listen to the interview, you'll be pulling for Jeremy, but it's, he's got a hell of a task ahead of him because Dracar Close is an absolute stud um, with great striking. One of these two is going to go to sleep. It's gonna, one of these two is going to go to sleep. I think one of them is going to sleep. You're absolutely right. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that one. Andre Lasky versus Chase Sherman, of course. That's I'm a, your I'm boy. A, I'm an Andre Lasky That's your boy. Homer. He walks in the room, and I think he started smiling and got that little Andre chuckle, that sort of like half-cocked smile. 
As soon as he sees Oh, you. yeah, dude. That's my boy, man. I, Andre, I'm an Andre Homer, man. That's my boy. So, uh, but I think he's a Morgan Homer. He's I a think- Morgan Homer. It's good. He's, <laughs> hey, look. Hey, we've been in this game a long time, man. We've been seeing each other for a long time. So, I, I, I'm it's, unabashed. It's pretty fun to see. It <laughs> is funny. Like, he, it does. It's it's funny. So, uh, but him stepping in on a week's notice. By the way, people that wonder, you know, I've I heard a lot of people, why does, why does Andre still get fights all the time? Why? He's old. He's this. He's that. Because he literally will take any fight, yeah. any time. Like, he does not say no. He says, I don't say no. Yeah. He doesn't. That's why the UFC loves him. Of course, he's Andre. He's marketable. And he's still Andre. He's, he's still Andre Arlovsky. <laughs> but he doesn't say no to fights. That's why they love Andre Arlovsky. That's why he gets so He's stepping in on a week's nose. Chase Sherman, though, Chase Sherman, I mean, another kind of guy that, you know, was out of the UFC, battled his way back to the UFC, and now, you know, he, during his time away from the UFC, he got a job as a firefighter. You know, he started thinking, hey, I got to kind of move on to the next Prepare phase of my career. After, yep, yep. Now he made his way back to UFC, and he left that job behind, and he was talking about how, you know, the people at the firehouse were like, absolutely, dude, like, go chase your dreams. Like, come back to this job when you're ready for it. But right now, you know, move out of Mississippi for your training because there's not enough bodies here for you to train with. He's, he's training with the Elevation Fight Team um, and, and, and putting that firefighter career on hold to chase this thing full time. Um, and I thought that was fantastic as well. So uh, I'm loving that matchup. Obviously, nothing against Chase Sherman. I'm pulling for Andre Arlovsky. I always do. I'm an unabashed Andre Arlovsky homer. Um, Abdul Razak Al-Hassan, another guy that I, I'll be honest with you, I'm a homer for, man. Yeah. He, he trains in Dallas. Um, but, you know, I, I, we've talked you know, at length about the stories of, of what he went through. This is a crossroads for him, though, man. Yeah. Had that personal tragedy in his life. Um, got through it. Um, but, you know, has missed weight. Has lost two, fights in, a two row. fights in a row. Now he's moving up to the middleweight division, which, by the way, he has the power that will translate yeah. to middleweight. However, ah, he, is he is not a big guy. No. Like he is, so his power will translate. He will struggle. Five against, foot ten, but he looks all five foot eight. He's a yeah, <laughs> five foot ten. So he he stood on his tippy toes when they <laughs> when they put that tape next to him. Somebody wasn't. He, so he, he was like, he's, he, give me. Next yeah, he definitely he definitely stood up on that. I mean, he's built like a like a fire hydrant, like a tank, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that he's got the power. Meanwhile, Jacob Macoon, uh, who's you know had a terrible uh, debut in the UFC, but uh, has worked past that and wants to win. So I mean, this is a, a kind of a must win for both those guys, and it kicks off with Alexander Munoz, who suffered the first loss of of his career. Uh, in his UFC debut against Luis Pena, the violent Bob Ross, who uh, you know has had some mixed results as of late. But yeah. Luis Pena, another guy who said, like, look, man, I, I had all this hype around me. And he did because he has he, you know, he has a cool look. He has a cool nickname. Uh, he has a fun fighting style. But as yep. he says, like, I'm learning to fight on the highest stage. Like, it's yep. hard. So I'm, I'm telling you, the main event of this card, clearly, you know, title implications – the rest of it, no title implications, but I'm telling you, there's good stories and good fights on this main card. Um, you know, I, I, I'm intrigued. The prelims, no, no disrespect to the prelims, are also good. Alexander Romanoff, by the way, somebody you, you need to keep your eye on. I think a, a, a possible title challenger in the future. Yeah. Um, Tracy Cortez, very skilled as well. I mean, there's some good fights on here, but that it's to me, this main card is is strong. Yeah, the main card is really, really good. I love that Luis Pena said in the. Uh, in the pre-fight interviews too, and you guys can catch those interviews on Junkie if uh, or on the YouTube. Said you're going to see the violent Bob Ross that everybody's always expected to see. That it, it's finally here to see which 
Yeah, speaks very, very well. Yeah, that should be very, really good. Um, there's a couple mm-mm, fight of the night well, the candidates. Prelims not too bad. Prelims not prelims too bad. Prelims are not bad. Uh, I know. I know where you're looking at. I know where you're looking at. Gerald Mearshart, his beard is coming in nice. Oh man. Mm-mm-mm. I know where you're looking. I know Mm-mm-mm. where you're looking. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Listen. Uh, before we get out of here, I did want to say, uh, big news on, on the women's game. Invicta. Uh, did sell Huge. to Anthem Sports and Entertainment. They're going to be airing on Access TV. So we were, I think we were a little bit worried about them um, when we found out they weren't on Fight Pass anymore. We thought, what's going to happen to them? Now they're actually going to be on Access TV. Um, so that's that's a big moment for the women's game. And perhaps even more importantly out of that, uh, Cole Coffey was able to get a hold of, of Joanne Calderwood, of course, an Invicta veteran, uh, to get her thoughts on what a, what a big you know development this is for Invicta SC and the fact that, uh, no, no, this is not the demise of Invicta SC. This could actually be a moment for them to help grow and to get even bigger. Uh, and, of course, Cole Coffey, uh, for our man G, who provided the frosty beverages, was able to reach out to, to Joanne Calderwood and get her thoughts on this, this big moment in uh, Invicta SC history. <laughs> Uh, did maybe cold coffee needs to boost the uh <laughs> yeah she, I mean she's just very quiet she said it all right there I mean didn't she really I mean did you hear what she said Amazing. I mean yeah no I, mean... no, I didn't at all <laughs> I love JoJo. Oh, ridiculous. I do love JoJo as well. <laughs> it's still, still my all-time favorite trash. I mean, she has literally one of the greatest trash talks of all time when she was talking about fighting Caitlyn Chukagian, who I like Caitlyn a lot too, but and I can't even do a JoJo voice. Uh, but but they were like, how, you know, like, what are you doing special to train for? And she's like, I put on me trainers and had me training partners yell at me a lot. Or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, man, it's great. She's uh, adorable. She is, she is the best. So, All right, well, listen, uh, yeah, I guess we'll end it there. I got to get up early in the morning. I got, I got 5 a.m. editor duty in addition Boom. to the weigh-ins in the morning. So be a long weekend. Uh, Shout-out to everybody that supports us again. Patreon.com slash the If you're not supporting us over there, uh, we really would appreciate it. But even if you're not and you just like listen to the free version, we do appreciate that. Make sure if you can take some time to, to log in and rate us and leave us some feedback on whatever platform you listen to, we would definitely appreciate that as well. If nothing else, just listen. Tell your friends all that. We appreciate it. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back.